Hello and welcome to episode number 66 of the Perth to Paisley podcast. It's a big one. We have a lot to talk about and as a result, we've got a guest in, but we'll get to that in a minute. You can wait. So, yeah, two games, a cup draw, multiple contract news. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. So I, Daniel, I'm joined as ever by Adam. Adam, how you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm great, mate. Can I just say, I, I'm putting my cards on the table straight away. I didn't watch either Hearts game live. I was at a concert on the Thursday night. Uh, was working on the Sunday. I did listen to the living game on Sports Sound. Um, have since got up the highlights. Can't remember most of it, given that there were two terrible games. Um, but given given the the guest that you've alluded to, I don't think this is going to be quite the serious discussion that this podcast sometimes goes down. Well, so I'm good. What about yourself, mate? I'm all right. I'm doing okay. However, there's an element to me hosting this that is going to be interesting because our guest is. Someone who has produced several books, he reviews music, he's also a stand-up comedian, but his full-time job seems to be mocking and bullying me on Twitter. So could we all welcome Mr. Richard Cobb to the podcast? Richard, how are you doing? Good, thanks. I don't know why I I thought I'd give myself the kind of theatrical entrance with uh, switching the camera off, but... um... Good, yeah. I just wanted to establish like, why, I'm, why I'm on this, just out of interest. We've run out of guests and you were, Fair enough. You were available. I thought it was, initially it was like it was the uh, the pity for something, someone about a, a Twitter post, and then I, you took pity. So that's when I that's when I pounced. So that's yeah. good. Well, that's it's interesting you allude to that because you said on Twitter that this is only your second appearance on the podcast, and the other one involved David Hasselhoff. Please explain that. Yeah, it's not online anymore. I've, I've checked, which is convenient. Um, <laughs> but it was like the the fringe in 2012, and there was some sort of retro bacon. You know, like the big BBC tent in like the yeah. I don't know where it is now, but it was in the Bristol Square. So then I went along to that, and they did that like annoying thing where they ask if anyone in the audience has got a question, and I just stick my hand up. I I did that at, like when I went to see Nick Cave and I've done it again here and uh, I put my hand up without actually having a question. So then Richard Bacon came bounding up the stairs with a microphone and I just like live on radio too. And uh, I drunkenly asked him a question about if he was fully invested in the film Piranha 3 double D um, and what his intentions were behind being in that film. And uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, he was nice about it. He said like, it was a boring answer. It's not even worth mentioning on here, but uh, yeah. Good. So, I mean, it's gone downhill, to, to be honest, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, from David Hasselhoff to Adam Kennedy and Daniel McIver, speaking about fucking like Talbot, that's one fall from grace from you. But anyway, we hope hey, Things can only anyway. get better from here, surely. But yeah, pleasure to be here. Thank, thanks for the uh, pity invite. No worries at all. But yes, as I said, we have a lot to talk about. Last week, me and Adam had recorded early, so we missed the cup draw that was actually done the day after we normally record. So Adam last week said he wanted one team. Who was that team that you said, Adam? Yeah, United away. Yeah, it was. And then there was another team that you said, oh, they wouldn't be too bad to have either. Who was that? Kilmarnock away. Yes, it was. And then there was a team that I said, no, we don't want them. It's another slip up. It's going to be a bit of a nightmare. And who was that team? That, that was who we got. Um, Auchin like Talbot away. Yes, it was. For the third time in under a decade, Hearts have been drawn in the Scottish Cup to Auckland Talbot. This time, however, it is away from home. Richard, how did you react when you saw the draw? Well, I forgot about it until two minutes before you, you pushed record. 
So uh, it's not like I've recovered. When is it? Have you said uh, that already? January 22nd and 23rd that weekend, I think. Right. I mean, it's fine, but I, as I was discussing, I think their fans are... I, I don't know what basis this is for. Like, Can you swear on this? Yeah, you can say whatever the fuck you right, want. Okay, I'm not, I've, just, I've not listened to an episode before. So, yeah, uh, like, they're, uh, the fans aren't pleasant. So um, I'm not even going to swear. I don't even know why I asked. But, uh, yeah, like, I just they've got this kind of, like, big big guy sort of syndrome where they sort of think they're, like, amazing in the junior league, but they also don't want to be tested at a higher level, probably, or they just don't win the important games. So, like, you know, they're kind of like, ah, look at us. And it's, like, big fish in a small pond. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but, yeah. Well, see, I, I panic a bit. I panic a bit that you're saying this, and then this gets clipped up. When we get beat one nil away from home, oh, we'll nothing sure. So that's going to be some laugh for all of us. However, Adam, you're delighted because it's near you. But lovely little trip for me. When it happened, I messaged you going, "Oh, great! Another non-league team in the middle of January in the fourth round <laughs> of the Scottish Cup away from home. It can only go one way. Well, it could possibly go wrong." Yeah. Um, Look, I did say that I wanted an Ayrshire team away for convenience. Despite saying that Banks would be at Tynecastle would be my preference. Mm-hmm. Um, elsewhere, I thought the bit, I thought the draw for the most part was pretty underwhelming, to be honest. I think Kelly Dundee United being the most noteworthy tie just about sums it up. Um, yeah, really rubbish draw in all honesty. But as long as we're in the hat, um, I won't care one bit. It's this whole like it's this fairy tale stuff, like you know, like I hate being on the receiving end of that. It was like Gretna, you know, like people like, oh, like the wonders of the Scottish Cup and like magic and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's fine if we're not involved, but as soon as we get involved in it, like trouble starts. Yeah, I I fully, fully support that. However, speaking about magic, this is a fucking excellent segue. We all wanted and hoped for a bit of magic as midweek. We travelled to Celtic Park looking for our first win in 20 games. We didn't need magic. We needed a miracle. That's true. Um, Yeah, so we travelled midweek, Thursday night, to Celtic Park. And there's... Oh, it was not an uneventful game. We'll put it that way. However, first, we will speak about the other results in and around it because we were the Thursday night game. However, there was a whole host of Wednesday night games as St Mirren and Ross County... And the Tuesday... Oh, yeah, on the Tuesday. I forgot about the Tuesday. Who played on the Tuesday? Uh, Motherwell beat Dundee United 1-0 at Fur Park. Yes, they did. Then, on, on, thank you, on the way, it's not listed on the BBC because that was clearly the 30th of November. So I've just got from the 1st of December here. Right. St Mirren continued their 0-0 draws that they seem to be having the most out of any team against Ross County. Hibbs lost 1-0 to Rangers at Easter Road. Dundee continued their kind of upward trajectory across the table as they beat St Johnston, who looked to be in real trouble, and Aberdeen had a comfortable 2-0 win against Livingston. Richard, the main thing I'll ask you is because it was in all over social media, did you see the penalty that Rangers got to win the game? I did, yeah, I watched that a couple of times. What um, is your thoughts? I think, like, it's... Uh, I, I think as soon as you sort of you put your foot in like that, then you're asking the question. Without, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like a boring sports scene presenter or anything like that because they always like. Have you noticed recently? I'm going to go off tangent. Have you noticed like recently they just like 
whether it's McFadden or whatever, they all just sort of do the same line of, oh, oh, I've seen it given. And it's just rubbish and nobody seems to have an opinion anymore. Probably off the back of like the Michael Stewart offending Rangers sort of stuff. So they, they always do that same sort of thing. But to sort of quote them on the bore in this, it probably was. I mean, you know, they sort of, you ask the question when you're doing that. And I think when I mean, you're playing a, a team of that full caliber, then uh, like it's going to happen. So yeah, probably a penalty in my eyes, I think. Adam, obviously part of the controversy was that Kent goes down quite theatrically. I saw a couple of people put it. However, there's definite contact there. And do you buy into the kind of, I don't know why I call it a conspiracy, but that the individual who was giving away the penalty perhaps has a reputation behind him in the form of Ryan Porteous? He definitely has a reputation that's that only Ryan Porteous can answer for, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I'm a fan of the type of, hmm, how shall I say it, the sort of controversy and camaraderie that he brings, but when you're then made to look like a numpty, it's it's not a good look. You know, if if you can act the big man and get away with it, then by all means, great. But Ryan Porteous has just been made to look like a total, total numpty, given his comments after the Premier Sports Cup semi-final. The whole, do we look happy? That was in response to a question that didn't even warrant that answer. To then come back into the Hibs team, I think he scored an own goal away at McDermott Park. <laughs> yeah, he did. And then all of a sudden now he gives away the penalty from which strangers score from. So do your talking on the park, Ryan. Um, and you might actually leave Hibs and become a competent centre-half for the Scottish national team. There you go. Well, Simple then, as. That was, that was more than I was bargaining for there, I'll be honest. But You're welcome. Fair play. I rate it. Anyway... We'll move on from that and you fight. Actually, before we do, yeah, yeah, I could probably, I've got someone on that as well. Like, I, I feel like you kind of, you know, if you're going to be handing it out like that, you sort of need to have, going back to sort of proving it on the football pitch, I'm like, what has he really done? Um, cue this getting cut as well when he scores, you know, against the us. Winner um, the derby in January. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, the sort of thing, he's not like, I don't know if his, like, his teammates, it must, it must wind them up a little bit just because it's almost like it's a bit about him. It's a bit like, Jason Cummins and stuff as well, you know, it's that whole the personalities and like the fans totally buy into it. But I mean, he's just he's quite an and, average and the competent footballer to be honest. As well, don't they? With a the whole "Do we look happy?" T-shirt malarkey. What is all that about? You're embarrassing yourselves. I mean, we did release a Lego bus, so I, I'm not going to have any comments on that. <laughs> That's a fair point. Well. We, however, had to do our talking on the park as we travelled to Celtic Park and. The first thing, yeah, it was the great. fixture I look forward to the most every season. Can't yeah. wait for it. A great, great away Love day it. for everybody. Um, right, the biggest talking point from this is that we changed system for the first time, really, this season from the start of the game. We've been quite fluid when we're in passages of play that we can change wee bits and pieces. However, Robbie elected to go with a back four to start the game for what I think is the first time this season, which when everybody saw Craig Halkett and in a two, there was some panic on Twitter. However, we played the 4-2-3-1. It was Gordon and Goals, Smith and Kingsley as the fullbacks, Suter and Halkett as the two, Cammy Devlin and the returning Peter Haring into the middle of the park, then Ben Woodburn, Aaron McInef and Barry Mackay in behind Josh Janelli. Richard, 
How have you felt the 4-3-3 or 3-4-3, sorry, has worked away from home? And did you feel the change of shape was a necessary one? Uh, sorry, that's uh, the usual hourly sirens just gone past my <laughs> past my window <laughs> in uh, southwest London. So, um, yeah, the uh, I, I kind of feel like you need to you need to change it. But I, my concern is that we don't kind of like I'm like when like when do we change it? Like you know when we're playing like this would be the game to change it in. But I sort of you know your alarm bells do start ringing when you see it changing like that because you're sort of like, well, are they going to gel? Like we've we're doing well, but then if you see our like how we've been doing away from home, then it's it's not fantastic. So obviously we are needing to change it up. And I think the thing that happens as well is that teams become wise to it, which has happened on a couple of occasions, probably Motherwell, for example. So yeah, I think I think it was needed, but it's it's a, it's a dangerous one. They're kind of bringing new formations in for really. Definitely. And Adam, obviously we got the news in the week that your favourite human being on the planet, Benny Beningame, was not going to be available for this game and the game that we'll be speaking about later on. Peter Haring came in and some people on Twitter were saying that this is a worry because the criticism that has been labelled at Peter Haring is that since his injury, he's really, really slowed down. Uh, he was never massively fast to begin with but his injury has clearly taken a lot of pace out of him how did you feel when you saw that kind of front six because you'd been advocating for Woodburn he keep his place but you needed him to step up you wanted Liam Boyson if he was fit but you were happy with Josh Janelli also starting how do you feel that front six were going to do when you saw the lineup? to be honest this is where you kind of gauge your expectations and your wants I think to me when I first saw the team it seemed as though we were prioritising the Sunday, which I don't blame the gaffer for whatsoever. Um, if we're expected to go to Celtic Park and get beat anyway, that probably is the game to experiment in rather than, you know, the Livy one. Um, for me, I was disappointed to see Liam Boyce drop out because as much as Josh Danelli's pace kind of on the counter, I could see that being a genuine tactic with us kind of soaking up pressure as, again, I'm not a big fan of, but if we can find Janelli on, on the break, then yeah, sure, that can that can hurt teams. It hurt Celtic even when we were rubbish in the Premier Sports Cup. Um, Josh Janelli was one of the better players that day when coming on as a sub. So oh, is that when we got Gub 3 2? Is that one? That was yes. that was the one yes. message yes. three two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um so yeah, I think it was a no cares selection, to be honest. Um, and one that I didn't really have any arguments with because as is always the case with us going to Parkhead, we've not really got anything to lose, to be honest. I think that's pretty fair. I think when everybody saw it, it was like the the statement that Hearts fans have in a run-up to either Ibrox or Celtic Park is at least have a go. And I think that lineup was like, right, okay, we've got three fast wingers. All Can I also together. say, I, th- I think it's a decent chance for, or it was a decent chance for Aaron McInef to impose himself. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Pete, like you said, Josh Janelli, yeah, we're going to obviously talk about his Livingston performance, albeit a short one. I wasn't impressed with Ben Woodburn at Ibrox, again at Parkhead, offered next to nothing. Um, but on the whole, it seemed as though we were prioritising that Livy game. And listen, it's paid off for us in the end. Um, again, not, not all that impressed with the Parkhead selection, but it is what it is. Uh, so the first 10 minutes happened and it happened in a way that I think 
every Hearts fan was almost dreading. Uh, we couldn't really get a foot on the ball. We couldn't keep it. Celtic were pressing incredibly high. I think you could tell that Postacoglu had ted, uh, said to Yota, run at him because Michael Smith is not the fastest <laughs> anyway. And obviously it reminded me of that. I think it was the League Cup semi-final when Naismith got hurt and Scott Sinclair just ran at Michael Smith for the entirety of the first half. Jota was in a very similar circumstance to that. The first real chance comes from quite out of character. Craig Gordon has it as his feet and plays a very short pass to Cammy Devlin, who is dispossessed very easily. A shot goes off and Gordon spills it, but just before Forrest can kind of just tap home, Gordon almost pushes it against his shin and it hits off the post. Richard, at this point, were you thinking, ah, this is just another traditional Celtic Park performance. It's going to be a long night. I think the thing, like more more recently, I think when you look at like the like the last cup final, for example, it's just like you just don't don't seem to turn up in the first half, and it's just really frustrating because it's kind of like you know you're like, oh, if only we could replicate that over two halves, and it's just, it doesn't seem to happen. I mean, to be honest, like the way the way it goes, I'd rather we turned up the second half if I had to choose, but like it's it's just so frustrating because you know you're kind of like oh what if we had that intensity like, the whole way through which to be honest is not going to happen and I guess that's why we tried to sort of set up and contain them in the first half but I mean Celtic seemed very wasteful I think like we're to be honest quite lucky it'd be, I won't ruin it okay well, well we were lucky to go in one at half time yeah. so yeah it seemed, it seemed as though we were just intent on kind of recreating the Ibrox performance and result wasn't it really I mean I, I get why we contain at these venues rather than attack from the off. But it does become annoying when, like at Ibrox, it takes us an hour, maybe 65, 70 minutes to play. And then from there on in, we seem to get a real foothold in the game, take our chances when they arrive. And then you're left scratching your head while simultaneously you're really pleased thinking, Imagine if we'd have replicated that last 20 minutes over a 90-minute period, like Richard says. I think that's fair. Um, the kind of first half an hour continued on that. Uh, Suter and Halkett did incredibly well, but Halkett in particular just seemed to be doing his usual of just winning everything in the air whenever it came to him. However, Celtic were smart. They kept it on the ground for the most part and were moving it very quickly. However, we were actually, whilst not doing anything ourselves, and you could tell, especially in the 21st minute, the camera cuts to Cammy Devlin, and he just kind of looks to the skies and kind of puffs out his cheeks in a, I'm getting overrun here. And I think everybody knew it. But then 33rd minute comes, and, I mean, we're almost a week on from this game, and everybody's still talking about it. There was an interesting piece from our former chairman, Leslie Deans, in the media today. Um, the ball is played through. Celtic have it in really nice passage of play. It goes out to the right to Tony Ralston, who fizzes a ball across the face of goal, and Kyogo Furuhashi is there to tap it in. Now, immediately, the, our entire back line put up their hands and stop and look to the linesman as if to be like, obviously offside. Laurie and Borthwick, who obviously were doing the commentary, that's how I was watching it. I was watching it on Hearts TV. They weren't sure what was going on. They were they were a bit hesitant. And then the first replay happens. And Adam, you obviously, you weren't watching it live. No. So at the time, when you heard we went 1-0 down, how did you feel? 
But then seeing how we went 1-0 down, how did that change your opinion on how you felt? <laughs> Somewhat, yeah. Um, I, I was at Vistas at the Barrows on at the at the Barrows at the Barras on the Thursday night. So literally about Sorry, a bit yeah, half <laughs> away from the <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it was obviously getting the updates on my mobile, me being the sad individual that I am. Um, hey, you've got a podcast was, to run. Well, that's it. And I thought, come half an hour, I was like, oh, they're actually seem to be riding the wave. I was under no illusions that Celtic were battering us, as they always do. Um, and then obviously see that we go 1-0 down. Okay, no biggie. Plenty of time. Yes, that's disappointing. Then I receive a barrel load of messages from fellow Hearts fans. Now, this is where, this is where you sort of try and gauge whether your mates are chatting absolute nonsense or not, because I don't know whether there's folk texting me saying, how can they not see that that's offside out of sheer hatred or not? So I, I still haven't seen it. And then obviously later on, all the videos, still images, all this nonsense emerges. And you're right, we're nearly a week on from it. I'm still not happy. I'm still very angry, but it's not very angry at solely the decision. I'm more angry at the positives from their performance, but not taking our chances on this occasion alongside the only difference being an offside goal. When you when you combine all these factors, that's what builds the rage. It's not that we've just lost to a dodgy decision because we didn't take our chances. And I think... it, it, sometimes it just comes down to something as simple as that. Sorry, Richard, Richard, I would say when you when you look at the still, which can sometimes be disingenuous, you see that a lot in the VR discussion that still images can sometimes show a picture that isn't necessarily there. However, in an offside, it's very much cut and dry. It's not as as Robbie said after it. You can't be a bit onside or a bit offside. You're either onside or offside. He is about a yard offside. Is that a question? <laughs> Sorry, I was like, I was waiting for the, uh, no, I was waiting for the hook of the question. I was like, have a sponsored face. silence mid pod, mate. No, I liked your face because that in that moment kind of summed up how I felt at the time. What I was going to let you do there was just kind of make a noise of anger before the question came, which was going to be, do you agree with some of the criticism, uh, namely that I heard from my dad, that Craig Halkett could be at fault for the goal? as it's technically his man. So your, your dad said that? So I'll give him one slight adage. He was very drunk, <laughs> right? So he phoned me and he went, listen, it's offside, but Halkett doesn't get rid of the danger. And I went, because he, he's holding a line. He's, he's making sure he's offside. But he's like, yeah, but he was. It, it didn't get given us offside, so therefore Halkett didn't clear the ball. And I just say, that this is what really annoys me. Celtic fans were quick to pull up the Abada goal at Tynecastle, right? They, they forget the fact that they concede the winner from a set piece and the defence don't do their jobs. The difference is, Hearts defence do their jobs, but are still punished with it or by it because of the incompetent officials. So Morella's at, at Tynecastle again, isn't it? Yes, yeah. that's, the, that's the one that I've seen the most out of everything because that was another situation where we held a line and in the Morello situation there was about five folk all offside at once but how, how, were you watching it live did you see it as it happened yeah so uh, watching it live and 
even his celebration seemed quite muted. So mm-hmm. I didn't, I'd immediately thought, whether well, I haven't seen the second angle, that, oh, he's, he's turned around and seen the flag. Uh, so I was kind of pretty calm about it <laughs> for about three seconds. And then <laughs> I got less calm. Arrive. And then, uh, and then we've arrived to, to the day, nearly, like you said, nearly a week later. And I'm, I was I was nearly fine. And then we've started this discussion and I'm uh, pretty <laughs> furious again, to be honest. But... I think it, it came with the controversy that, listen, offside goals and decisions happen a lot. As Adam just mentioned in our first game, now both games in the week, there has been an offside controversy. However, with this one, the linesman doesn't even have an excuse of he's got people in front of him. The only person really that's in front of him is Tony Ralston. But even then, when you see the image, Ralston's still a wee bit behind him. He is looking, bang up the line. And then, Richard, that's actually a really good point. Kyogre's celebration that I think about is very muted. He kind of just goes, yay. Like, that's it. He must, he must be thinking, that, that, that's off. Or at least, like... It's getting looked, you know, it's getting looked at. Maybe yeah. that's the question, rather than it's like it's not the all-out euphoria um, or theatrics that would match just diving, I guess. Um, well, actually, that's that's a great segue because that actually happened five minutes later. Where I don't think anybody in Scottish football or who consumes it or speaks about it has ever said that Kyogo is a bad player. I think most people actually say is he's a fantastic player, and the frustration comes from the fact that he seems to, well, just diving is the only word. Like, Richard, could you try and describe what happened between him and John Suter in a small... Because I don't even know what happened, really. Well, I've written down... So basically, for the planning for this, I've written down, like, four bullet... Well, three, but then you told me about who we got in the cup. So I've written four bullet points. <laughs> and one of them was... who's Who are those people that you work for, Adam, again? That that Who's weird... Yeah. yeah. So, like, they voted... They put him in the... T- team of the day or team of the week or whatever it's called team of the match day yeah and uh and i sort of slated it i wrote back and then had an opinion about that but then i noticed once i'd done it i'd realized that uh kyogo was copied into it as well and i've always got a thing about if you if you've got something to say about a footballer don't tweet them because it's it's petty and it doesn't help the mental health and stuff and immediately when i realized he was copied in i felt like you know in bruges when like Ralph Fiennes shoots the midget or yes. what he thinks is a little boy and then it's a midget I felt like that I was like I've, I've completely turned into the guy that I hate the most and yeah so that's I mean that's one bullet point down what was the question? What happened with him and John Suter? Because I don't even oh, yeah. really know Well he was sort of like I mean he was like I guess twisting his uh, excess fat if you want to call it that you know like seeing when you like when they're like weight testing you he probably gets this done every day at parkhead like um when they sort of check like yeah he grabbed him a little bit but in the same way it's like he could have given him like a, a chinese burn you know it's the same like it's it's not gonna hurt you but then he was he was kicking off about it and then diving over um yeah, i don't want to say too much because i'm probably gonna get shot by the Celtic fans yeah i was about to say yeah i'll, I'll, I'll quickly segue away from you to oh, there'll be there'll be a couple that'll be watching this just from my reaction i can tell well already. this is the thing this is why you are you can you're hated by most clubs at this point so just living rent free in people's skulls mate yeah that's that's one way of putting it I feel oh, like wait, can i still can i still stay chinese bones is that fine like i've just realized that that could be taken out of context that's still what it's called I right d- I you don't guys know. are a bit younger than me so. it's sure no, 
I, I've known it to be a Chinese burn, mate. Yeah. Good. I think, okay. I, I, I think it's still acceptable in this Don't day worry. Age. Don't worry. Imagine that. This is the podcast that gets you cancelled. <laughs> this is the piece of media. Cancelled in my second podcast. Yeah. Very yes, good. exactly. What a fleeting career that is. Um, anyway, we do get to halftime and it is 1 0. There was met with a lot of, we've not played well at all here. And if it doesn't improve in the second half, we're kind of going to get overrun potentially. But then the second half comes and one of the first things, I want to get the exact minute because Adam, you mentioned them earlier. When we saw the lineup of that front three of Josh Nelly, Barry McKay and Ben Woodburn, I think some people were happy with it. But others were worried it was going to be similar to the Motherwell performance, where if those three can't connect, if those three don't have any synergy between each other, if those three can't get their foot in the ball, we have nothing. We have no form of our yeah. ball. And in the 55th minute, we made our first sub. Liam Woodburn, Liam Woodburn? I'm losing it. Liam Boyce replaces Ben Woodburn. Now, in the evening news, I can't remember who was doing the ratings. I think it might have been Craig Fowler gave Ben Woodburn a four. And the review of that from people was, that's four points too high for Ben Woodburn. Adam, you said that you weren't impressed with him. No. Explain. What is there to explain? This is a young man that is a full Welsh international that has arrived with a decent enough reputation. You look quite like him, actually. I've just noticed it. Just look at now. Like, is it the hair? I don't know. Like, anyway, sorry, carry on. That's probably annoyed you more. <laughs> Richard, I feel like there's some personal vendetta between me and you tonight. It's emerging. I, I thought you had it in from a camera. Now I'm starting to think you got it in from the pair of us. Silent the silence <laughs> that is yes, it is. That is the case. Brilliant. Anyway, continue um, your hatred of Ben Woodward. No, it's not a hate, it's not so much hatred, it's more annoyance that we've sort of been misled, missold. I don't know what the right term is. Um, a growing reputation, albeit, of course, still in the early stages of his young career. But given his reputation, the supposed promise he has, the potential, we've not we've not seen that bar the Dundee United game. There's been times where I've thought all he's needed was a goal. And then that United game, I thought, brilliant. He's, he's bagged a brace now. The second was an absolute stunner. Surely now he's going to kick on. But it seems as though... If it isn't at Tynecastle, then he's not remotely interested because it's the away days that have been highlighted the most. I talked about Ibrox, you talked about Motherwell, Parkhead, Livingston at the weekend. Like, is there some kind of Tynecastle syndrome? Is like, what's what's going on here? How can you not perform away from home? Like, you've got a contract with Liverpool, one of the biggest clubs in world football. They've sent you up to Hearts for a reason. Get some game time hopefully improve, develop as a player. And how can that be the case when you're only going to perform in so far one game, I was going to say half the games at home, but all we've seen is one performance. And his greed's annoyed me. His, like, shooting at the edge of the box when sometimes a pass or there's a better option available. I've been very underwhelmed by the signing of Ben Woodburn so far. And he's got a long way to try and get back to... I was going to say good terms with the Hearts fans. That's harsh, but show us something. Richard, we have obviously had all season to speak about Ben Woodburn. However, what's your thoughts? Were you excited by the signing? And what have you made of him so far in the 14 or so games he's played? 
I was, but I think if you almost, I feel his attitude, well, I mean, I don't want to kind of, he's a young lad. I mean, you know, there could be a number of things why you're not performing, but I think like on the face of it, it's, if you compare Beningham has come from Everton and he's applied himself straight away and, you know, gone the extra mile, put the work in, maybe flagged off a bit, bit more recently, obviously before the injury, but, you know, he, he seemed to get it straight away. I think Woodburn almost like it, it it felt like he'd been he'd been sent here on like a an exchange trip or something. Or you know he's sort of like I don't really want to be here, uh, and that's or at least that's the way that it's you know he's he's kind of been playing. And I just sort of it's just frustrating because it's one of them like when you arrive with the kind of caliber that they have done or the you know the thoughts behind it is that they'd uh, they'd completely rip it up and like you kind of you want to you you kind of want to give these people the benefit of the doubt. But then again, the last time we gave someone that was a loan. Uh, from a pretty high-profile club uh, like Pereira, for example, it's like he kept playing him and looking what was happening. And and I'm not comparing. I'm not saying he's as bad, but you know he's hardly like let the place up, is he? No, that's I think fair. This is where social media is misleading as well, because and all these articles that come out about this coffee club, PlayStation, like mingling with teammates, all that's great. But you've got to do it on the park as well as off it. And it, we're no waiting now. We're not getting any discussions about what players no, do in their spare time. No, no, but no. This that. is this is about enjoyment. Like he obviously gets on well with the squad. Mm-hmm. He he appears to be enjoying his time at Hearts off the park. So show that you're enjoying it on the park as well by contributing and performing better, please. That's all it is. They could he could do he could do whatever he likes during the week. I don't care. I'm not sat here on my Tuesday night wondering what Ben Woodburn's up to. I'm wondering if I'm going to see him perform in a heart shirt. That's the bottom line. This is weird because I feel there's been a few bits already that, that could easily be clipped. That could be like the kind of the trailer for this episode. And you've had two absolutely smashed, like smashed it twice in the last five minutes. So that's, um, that gets my vote. Yeah, definitely. That's <laughs> definitely me. getting clipped. Uh, however, the guy that Adam was just writing about did come off and Liam Boyce came on. And from that moment, we kind of changed. Really, we had an out ball. We had someone hold it up. We had a huge opportunity only four minutes later where a ball was swung in by Barry Mackay, who we will get to in a second because there was controversy with him as well. A ball was swung in and Stephen Kingsley has the space of Parkhead to make a run, which he does perfectly. And Richard, would you say he kind of just makes his run too early and he almost headers it when he's behind, when he's in front of it? Do you think that's why he misses? I mean, I've not analysed it too much, but I just, I, I just instantly got reminded of like, oh, it's like, I just instantly remembered about his penalty miss like, against Salah. <laughs> it was like, you know, he can, he can bang him in from thirty yards out, but as soon as he's like in the box, he just like his feet turn to cement or his head. It's, it, it, I don't even think I can speak about this. I'm just getting too emotional. But another biscuits in the box, isn't he? Yeah. Just... <laughs> It's a, it's a massive miss. And one of those where if it's a time castle, you can go, it's all right, we're going to have other chances against other teams. But a Parkhead, you're not going to get many chances that are that open. Um, it cut to Postacoglu, who was losing his mind that Kingsley had that much space. It just seems like it's totally mistimed, though, doesn't it? Like the ball and run simultaneously. If we get that right, he scores because he's free. Definitely, and it's just uh, that's that's the rub of the green sometimes as well. We could talk about decisions. These are the fine margins where these games are defined, and ultimately, it's a big chance for us. 
we haven't taken it and we're hoping for one or possibly two more if we're lucky yeah definitely and then i'm going to put these two things together because they're both bobby madden based so two minutes later we get another corner and barry mckay is just getting pelted with i think coins but then a bottle hits him in the back and he turns to bobby madden as if to be like what am i supposed to do here and bobby madden whistles and almost just is like hurry up and take the corner and you can see Barakai's just standing there like, what am I meant to do? And then, 75 seconds later, another thing that has almost annoyed people more than the offside goal is that Jota has the ball in his kind of defensive third. He takes a couple of steps forward. Haring does really well to close him down. And his hamstring goes completely just run the moment thing. Haring goes to take the ball forward and play in an on-running Liam Boyce. And Bobby Martin blows and doesn't indicate anything. He doesn't point for a foul. He, doesn't point. he just puts his hands up and does that. And it is then apparent that he has stopped for the injury to draw. Now, Adam, we've spoken about Craig Halkett a few weeks ago when he had his concussion kind of shout and then when he had his back spasm. When he had his concussion uh, worry and when Gordon got kicked in the head, obviously the referee on both those occasions stopped the game. However, when Halkett had his back spasm... Yes, aye, exactly. But when Halkett had his spasm, it was, no, just keep keep playing on until we keep going because it's not a head knock. Which again, exactly, it's not a life-threatening injury. I I, I fully go along with that. How did you react? (laughs) Absolutely fizzing. What, what is the point? Why why do we need to stop play there? We're away. We're literally Four away. Two, I think. And albeit, I know that we are, for the most part, shit on the counter-attack. But that doesn't excuse the fact that we're away. In fairness, there was only like 10 yards until the goal. We didn't have to travel far. Surely not even we can cock that up. How can you cock that decision up? Yeah. What are you stopping it for? If it's a head knock, by all means. Or if it's a life-threatening injury, by all means. It's neither of those. He's out for a couple of weeks. But am I missing something here? Well, apparently you are, because Bobby Madden actually did this earlier in the season. I can't remember who it was for, but he also pulled up a muscle injury. And uh, Hibs, that, Hibs, I think. Yes, yes, yeah. I think it was. I think it was Kyle McGuinness, actually, yeah, who um, we actually just saw today is still hurt from that. So maybe Bobby Madden was right. Maybe, you know what, yeah. you... Uh, no, hold on a second. You talked about you can't just make the rules up, though, can you? You talked about footballers and what they get up to in their spare time. Maybe Bobby Madden's another who, like Andy Halliday, according to some Hearts fans, should quit open goal and all these other appearances and stick to your full time job and being a referee part time. Simple. Richard, then uh, not only also sorry, like I'm like oh yeah, you can if you run in a straight line and you pull up, then it's like I blow the whistle. But if someone like chucks a bottle of Lucas at you, it's like hurry up and take the fucking corner. Like... Yeah, it makes absolutely <laughs> no sense at all. And then, what did you make, Richard, of him then giving a drop ball to Celtic and letting them play forward? Uh, what I took from it was, I, I put a little uh, a, a tweet thing out about, it was like a clip from, from BBC about Nielsen saying, but that's Scottish football you're in Glasgow. And it was just, I was quite annoyed when I sent it, but I was even more annoyed that it kept getting like retweeted and then liked the stuff because I kept remembering about it every time my phone went off. <laughs> so it was just like, ah, uh, and then like I do this, like I do this thing, like I, I mostly mute notifications from people that I don't follow or whatever, but like 
I just have this thing where I'm like, oh, if it's done quite well, I'll be like, oh, I'll see the quote tweets. And then it's just Celtic fans being like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, no, That's the no. best thing that happens. I get so annoyed. You've caught a few and reeled a few in. Um, but I, no, like, fuming. I, I think just, yeah, that annoyed me more than the goal because I think you can almost almost excuse it just from the sense of like you can think like with a the offside you're like you don't know what he's going through blah 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 he might have caught something in the and that happens a lot else happens yeah can happen but then this i just feel like i i think i'd refer to it as feeling like the mask had slipped I, you know just a little bit like oh what's happened here like uh has, has it been on has he clipped him what's happened or you know, set of players injured, the hearts players about to get the ball. Uh, I might, I'll stop it and then figure out what's happened later on. That, that to me, but maybe, maybe it was the emotions of the night and just getting wound up and feeling that every time we go through to Glasgow, something like this is going to happen. But I mean, definitely didn't cover himself in glory, and I'm still furious about it. I'd actually forgotten about the drop ball till you brought that up, McIver. So <laughs> Sorry, I, re- I really appreciate that. Now it's actually got me more angry than the goal because that was just ludicrous. The proper is just making up rules, as you said, Richard. It's literally Honestly. just going, nah, I'm just doing this. That's what I want to do. And yeah, yeah, even the so I was even just like I hadn't even taken on board your question there. I just saw red mist, like forgetting no, about, bro, the, that's about the drop ball, but like yeah, like I don't understand, but then I think people are saying like like should hearts have protested more about it? I'm like no, like you've seen that if like Nielsen complains about stuff like this, he'll just get slapped with a ban and it's like hearts would have just got bookings or whatever. So I'm like there's also no point arguing with F3 when you're through in Glasgow. It's just... It's, just it's like Leslie Gaines is wanting this replay. There's a part of me that's like, yeah, I can appreciate that. But there's also a part of me that thinks, well, firstly, him saying that is just for the patter. And secondly, I guarantee Celtic would absolutely demolish us in a potential replay. So let's just... Suck it up, accept we, it, and move we, on. we get the replay, and they can see two more goals, and that costs us a European spot. <laughs> yes, exactly. That <laughs> would be, be the most, most heart of a loading thing ever. Exactly. Um, to be honest, from then, not much else happened. Celtic had to make three and four subs. All of their subs had Good. to be forced. Uh, and it meant that, it, as Adam said, it has meant that Jota's out for a bit of time, but obviously that means absolutely... Nothing to us. Um, no, other than the Premier Sports Cup final. It'd be nice if he was fit for that, but all of Celtic's other fixtures couldn't give a monkeys. He's not injured for long enough, Rat. Yeah. Well, we'll move on from that level of intensity because it was only three days later that we played in a game that a lot of Hearts fans, and I think Adam, as you said, just as we started the Celtic discussion, was this was the game that, we looked at going, we're probably going to get beat here at Celtic Park. We need to pick up points away at Livingston. Now, just before we get into that, there was obviously the rest of the uh, weekend's fixtures. And to be honest, from a heart's persuasion, they couldn't really have gone much better as Rangers demolished Dundee, which didn't affect us either way. Then Hibs drew 1-0 with Motherwell. Aberdeen battered St Mirren, quite surprisingly. And then Dundee United, our kind of biggest rivals for the last few weeks and currently, were absolutely demolished by Celtic 3-0. Richard, I want to know your opinion in terms of who we should be looking out for most. Now, Adam, has ever ever been the optimist, ever been the confident in that he's been a bit annoyed whenever Rangers and Celtic have dropped points and we've not capitalised because he's felt, listen, why not? Why should we not push for competing for the top two places? However, other people... 
are going, listen, we're not competing for that. We're competing for third and fourth, primarily third. Where do you Which I can stand? also accept, by the way. I'm yeah, not just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not just adamant that like, yeah. we probably should walk away if we don't finish in the top two or whatever. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm chill, but I'm also thinking, well, why not? Richard, where do you fall in that discussion? In terms of... Well, like who who we got in the upcoming fixtures, or in who, terms would, of... who do you worry about most? So, for example, for me, I look towards Dundee United, Hibs, and Motherwell's fixtures in recent weeks because I think they're who we're competing with. I don't really yeah. view us as competing with the top two, despite how much I'd love to. And we're not that far away, all things considered. I don't think I Aberdeen think. are that far away from us. Yeah, either, that's true. That's, that's true. So, I think well, for, well. Firstly, I'm uh, I'm impressed that you've you've not mentioned my guy Stephen falling over his, his own feet oh, in, the, yeah! uh, in the last game. So I forgot I like, about that. You, you kind of you let him off with that. So um, yeah, so that's good. But then uh, <laughs> we'll move on. And uh, yeah, I, I think like if you look at, I think the weekend that's just passed. I think that was that's an indication of being realistic about it. it seemed like. Motherwell Hibs dropping points. I don't know why I've included Hibs in that because they're miles behind. But you know them dropping points. Dungeon United getting beat, and uh, I think from the, from that point of view, at least that the the ones close to us, then it's like you want to open up a bit of a gap. I mean, particularly when you know we've we've got Rangers coming up as well. It's um, being, being realistic about it. It's it's one of them you you kind of look for. I I think probably the best way to look at it was. Like yeah, Hibs playing Rangers. You're sort of thinking like, oh, I, I don't know the best situation here because it kind of, if Hibs win, then it means we gain ground on Rangers. But then again, other way around, and they get, gain ground on us. So I think it was about being realistic. And I think, to be honest, I was kind of more veering towards Rangers winning that just because I was thinking, you know, we want we want to kind of get a bit of night and day between us and the teams below us, and then we can kind of look look above. Um, so I I think being realistic, third place is probably the aim at the moment. 100%. And what that meant was, was that Hearts knew a win would take them five points clear in third. However, we had to travel to not a happy hunting ground for us, particularly... A great stadium. Yeah, it's, it's a great place. The only Now the only plastic pitch in the league, actually. Uh, we travelled... fans. Yep, we travelled to the Tony Macaroni to meet Adam's nemesis... Livingston Football just, Club. That, that could be applicable to any Scottish club. You were talking about it there. Again, delighted to see Hibs and Motherwell share the spoils. That was nice. Disappointed to see Aberdeen win, but pleased to see St Mirren get pumped. Pleased to see Dundee win. Okay, Rangers win. Don't really care. Um, and yeah, United, Celtic. That was nice, but again, not really nice. So we've, we've profited from the weekend. And that's then when you realise hearts are the final fixture here. Everything's gone swimmingly. Please, for once... Just pull through, and thankfully they did. It was nice. Well, the team had a couple of changes as we went back to the three-four-three that I think people were more upset about because, as Richard you alluded to earlier, particularly the Motherwell game, Aberdeen before that, we've, we seem to have been a bit found out with this three-four-three away from home. So it was Gordon, Suter, Halkett, Kingsley, a returning Alex Cochran back at left wing back, Smith at right wing back, Devlin and McInef in the middle. Mackay, Woodburn, and then the returning Liam Boyce started as that front three. How did you feel, Adam, about the changes made? Were you in favour of the return to the 3 4 3? What were you thinking? Um, again, it seemed as though it was kind of back to the strongest 11 for the most part, or from players that were <laughs> available. Um, 
Alex Cochran coming back into the team's nice. Um, obviously, disappointed to see that Benny didn't make it, but again, given everybody was ranting and raving about Big Pete, was happy to see him continue alongside Devlin. No, he didn't. Did he not? No, it was McInef. He was, was it? Haring was dropped. That was the controversy. Oh, that course, was going to ask Richard about. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. That was the change. You're right. Sorry. Um, yeah. This is what happens when you work the Sunday <laughs> and you're just retweeting, <laughs> but you don't know what you're retweeting off the account. Um, yeah, then in that case, that totally just let's let's just move on. Right, Richard. I wasn't happy to see Ben Woodburn continue to start, but I yes. didn't remember the rest of the team, so who cares? This point's irrelevant. Just move on. Richard, I've got you about Haring because that seemed to be the main person people were speaking about on Twitter because he was he played very well against Celtic. It was his first game in a long, long time and being chucked back into the team and being told, run about that massive pitch when you're Peter Haring. It's a tough yeah. job, but he 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 did very well, and I think a lot of people were hoping that him and Devlin would continue to start. How did you feel about his omission from the starting lineup? Can I just I ask think before that... you answer, Richard? Do you think it's down to the plastic park as well as to why he wasn't selected, or is that nonsense? I think that was like going to be one hundred percent of my answer, actually, mate. To be honest, sorry, <laughs> sorry mate. I'm um... the here. You feel just continue. I'll, I'll see you later. I'm off. <laughs> I think it was done to the plastic pitch, Daniel. To be honest, it's very interesting. It was um, like I think that, and I think maybe the way that within within three days as well. Like it's you know he's probably run himself to the ground, and it's kind of you, you kind of want to nurse him back to to full health again a little bit. And I think everyone knows he, he's not quite the he's not quite the three games in a week player that he maybe had been back at the start. And I think it's. Looking, looking at league table as well, Livingston second bottom, struggling a bit. I, I think until we knew how much of a mayor that Woodburn was going to be having, then you know it was kind of safe to have him on the bench. That's fair. That's very fair. However, it did not start the way we all hoped, but maybe started the way we all feared, as it kind of continued the trend of our recent away from home performances, where, as Richard said right at the start, we just didn't get going in the first half. We we looked very, very bad. Part of that potentially is because within 12 minutes, Michael Smith had a back spasm and it required Taylor Moore to come on. I don't know how crucial Smith was to the game plan. However, having to immediately change personnel will affect it. However, I kind of want to speak about the first 20 minutes before we get to the main point of the game. We just never looked up for it. We were, again, really lax in the ball. I don't know how much of that is to do with the surface and the fact that it moves in a slightly different way, but we were again being overrun in midfield because McInef played quite a bit higher. He almost played in behind boys. So Devlin had three in the middle of the park because they were playing a 4-3-2-1. It meant that Devlin had to do a lot of running himself. And as good as Devlin is, as good as a ball winner he is, he can't beat three players all at once. Adam, obviously, as you said, you weren't watching it live. You were working. But... What do you make of the trend that, again, it almost doesn't seem to matter the level of opposition. We could be going away to Celtic Park, who are second in the league. We can be going away to Livingston, who are second bottom of the league. And we just almost put in the same quality of performance. I don't know whether it's kind of just like a continuing theme. You know, you can get into habits. I think Hearts have lost their last three away league games prior to Livy. Mm -hmm. And... The annoyance for me is, 
and this was obviously made aware to me after the game, is that they've got the worst home record in the league. Their, their only victory has been against Celtic. Everybody else seems to have what a points start. in West Lothian. So when you actually, like, this league is mental, and I think it's just a mentality thing that we, for whatever reason, aren't or don't seem to fancy our chances when heading to these grounds. But we've, we've got no excuse not to fancy our chances because we've made a decent start to the season. We're up against, like I say, the side with the worst home record in the entire division. Yes, they might have beaten Celtic there, but so what? We blew them away at Tynecastle, so we should have that same belief that we can blow them away at the Tony Macaroni. And look, conditions weren't great. We can blame the pitch all we want. Love, Robbie loves blaming the pitch, so he'll have no doubt that something to say about that. But in terms of the performance, listening to we were getting battered. Um, so to come away and win ugly, we'd have taken that before the game. So no matter how pish the performance was in the grand scheme of things, three points were delivered and that's what makes me happy. Could not care. Richard, how much do you think it is down to that mentality thing in terms of Hearts Press just for whatever reason cannot seem to do it? Or how do you think it's more the fact that you said about the Motherwell game where it seems the 3-4-3 doesn't really work as well away from home as it does at Tynecastle. I think, well, I mean, a couple of things really. I, I was kind of thinking, like, add them to my bullet points uh, on the post-it. But I'm, I'm not really buying into the whole, you know, like the amount of fans we're taking to these games, like whether it be Livingston, what, 3,700, yep. 3,500 in Motherwell. And like, I'm struggling to kind of see like all the other plan, the, the fans play such an important part. But I'm like, but the players don't seem to be playing as if like they seem to be sort of oblivious to it. And, and maybe that's unfair given how the second half unfolded. But I just sort of think I'm like, does it make a big difference? Like, or are these players like kind of going in almost, you know, not up for it anyway? Uh, and that, that was a little bit of a concern. I think particularly seeing how it kind of started against Livingston. And I think as well, it just maybe the way that like Livingston for the past couple of seasons, obviously before we were uh, demoted, were uh, a team that, were, that could maybe sort of be punching above the kind of like middle of the table sort of thing. So they kind of be trying to contain, maybe going for a point. But I think because they're so low down that they had to kind of go for it in this game. And, you know, rather than contain us, they had to just run at us. And and I think that proved a sort of a, a different type of struggle this game because I think we'd maybe expect them to kind of shut up shop and try and try and keep it tight uh, maybe hit us on the break but it, it was very much them trying to sort of control the game or at least it felt that way um, maybe because of our own issues so I've always seen the question I keep, I keep forgetting the question no, that's, that's a, no you actually you actually answered it fantastically and has allowed me to segue so Good. that was the perfect point because one man who kept us in it and looked like he was expecting the Livy onslaught that followed was Craig Gordon. So Ben Woodburn twice in quick succession loses the ball just under no proper pressure really. The first time he just goes to back pass it and it goes to absolutely nobody. Gordon makes a decent save to keep it now now. And then the clip that has been put around Twitter, it's been shared everywhere. Woodburn gets the ball played to him and he loses it again just kind of by being brushed off the ball and it is played through to what is James Forrest's little brother's name? Alan. 
Alan Forrest. It's played through to little Alan Forrest, who is completely one-on-one, should score, but Gordon makes himself absolutely massive. Was not Andrew Shinney that had the first chance? Was it? I thought it was little Alan Forrest. So. Well, I don't know. It's one of them. It's hundreds of them. But yeah, there's loads let, of them. Just fast forward to the Jason Holt strike. No, I'm getting... That's no, because... No, the whole move makes it. So, Sorry, he makes himself on. massive in a one to one It then ends up at Sybold, who hits quite a pretty decent shot and it just goes off the post. It still manages to stay in. Taylor Moore then falls on his arse in the middle of the box and it is allowed to be played out to Holt, who's about 23, 24 yards away and hits the like the perfect shot. He puts whip on it, he bends his foot around it, and in the slow motion from friend of the podcast, Jordan's footage, you can see he actually starts wheeling off to start celebrating. Gordon, who doesn't see it until the ball is almost at him, manages to run across, just get a tip, and pushes it onto the post, which it then ends up at somebody else's feet, who goes really close to him, and he pushes it out for a corner, and then celebrates as if he's just scored the winning penalty for Scotland to win the World Cup. Adam, how good is he? You know my thoughts on him, mate. He's one of the best in Britain, and I'm running out of superlatives. You'd be as well asking Richard, given he's not on this pod every week to give Richard, us Richard, how good is he? Not, not on this podcast every week, until now, yes. uh, just to point out. But, uh, yeah, no, I think... I mean, yeah, what else can you say about him, really? But I, I think I like particularly that he seemed to sort of capture the essence of my save at football earlier that morning. Um, but I, could, I couldn't I could see a replay of, but I, I sort of did a similar technique. Um, I think I pushed it past the post, actually. So it was nice to, to kind of watch it back in slow motion. It was it was everything my save was. So yours was um, actually better because you pushed it past the post, not onto the post, and it just went out. So yours was better, basically. He's obviously inspired you. Or vice versa. You've I mean, I'd, I'd argue that the goals were maybe about a third of the size. So, um, <laughs> he's maybe, th- but yeah, no, I think it's that's that's been three sirens. Anyway, um, yeah, I think like <laughs> I just I don't know. I, I think the thing as well though is it's like it, like people seem to kind of talk about how good he is as if it's like a kind of like like obviously we are lucky to have him, but I'm like we've had some some amount of shite the last few years. I mean, we definitely deserve to have a good goalkeeper for a change that's actually that's a point I wanted to bring up because Amaru Solicit Run I think said it on Twitter today oh no you're going to get into here because I know you disagree with this Adam so I want to get both your no, thoughts no I, 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 I get where you come from right it's, it's, wait. it's a valid point I will but make this point you're, I'll make the point first hold yeah, on go on right. sorry wait two seconds is uh, Amaru Solicit Run has he not changed his name on uh, Twitter oh yeah he is now just he's he now is known now known just as Scott, Scott McIntosh yeah. isn't he he is yeah. just okay. Scott that's okay. a very fair point um, he raises the point that a lot of times when this happens, when Craig Gordon seemingly every single week makes a regular wonder save, a lot of Hearts fans will say, we're so lucky to have him, where would we be without him? Almost in a way of suggesting that we're actually playing rubbish, but we've got Craig Gordon, so it's fine. Now, Scott made the point where, and I don't want to get all Roy Keane, but that is his job. That's why we signed him. And as, your Rich, job. <laughs> as Richard said, fuck me. In the last few seasons, we've had a lot of shit who have not done their job. And I just never really understand that argument in terms of people will never say it in a positive way. Like, no one really says meaning it in a positive way. Where would Liverpool be without Salah? Because it's a given that they have him. And it's not like... 
we're suddenly going to go, well, we've only got Craig Gordon until next week. And then he he has to leave. He's forced to leave. He doesn't have a choice. And we're going to have to put Ross Stewart back in goals. Now, obviously, if Gordon gets hurt, then we have to put Ross Stewart back in goals. But he's not... He's fit. Richard, you look like you were going to say something there. What were you going to say? Just like, say, if, like, if, you, if you get a PS5 and you're like, how shit would this game be on PS4? You know, it's, <laughs> yes, it's something like that. Yeah. And you're like... What? what? It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It's like it's. It's the same with people that are like, oh, who's the best keeper in Scotland? Is it McGregor? Is it Gordon or Hart or whatever? And and it's like the Rangers fans are like, oh, it's it's got to be McGregor. Blah, blah blah. And it's like there's literally no way of measuring this. So yeah. Um, and also it's Gordon. So yeah. Fuck yeah, you. Gordon, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, Adam, you however yes. have said this in the past that. Where would we be without Craig Gordon? And you've when said we're it. struggling in the Vida League, can I just say? I think you've said it this season as well. I'm not letting you get away with that. Um, I'm pretty sure you've said it. Well, this put it this season. way. He was a key factor as to why we got promoted, isn't he, really? Yeah. But that's it. But right. that's why he's here. That's oh, not a bad thing. That's no, a positive I, thing. No, I, I, I never once said it was a bad thing. You I, 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 I think we are fortunate to have him. That's, that goes without saying. If it, and let's be frank, if he wasn't a Hearts fan, he'd be nowhere near us. But he's been the goalkeeper that we've needed since, what, John McLaughlin left? Since he left in 2007. That's an ins- that's insulted to other good keepers. That, that I was going to say, but in terms of like the last decent one, John McLaughlin's the one. John McLaughlin's the last, yeah. yeah. Probably the last. That was what, 2018? Is that when he left? 2017, 2018 to Sunderland? Is that right? I can't even remember. Richard, can you remember? Well, I, I I tell everyone I'm a Sunderland fan on uh, on social media, but I I don't know anything about them. So um, <laughs> Great. no, that's exactly uh, why you're on here, Richard. No idea. Um, I think I saw him in uh, Indigo Yard once, but I think it was just a tall guy that looked like him. Great. And I don't know what year that was. So that's not helpful at all, is it? We'll go, we'll go with 2018 and just see. However, the next big thing that immediately followed Gordon's incredible triple save was something that you often don't see. I'm trying to keep this back on the <laughs> I'm trying to just keep going to the segments. Oh, sorry. Basically, Ben Woodburn, I don't know what was going through his head when he saw his number come up, but 29 minutes in. And Robbie here's Nielsen, where who I thought started came on. Yes, Robbie Nielsen. <laughs> sorry about that makes a change that managers often don't do that early in a game. The only one I can think of in recent history was where Craig Levine took off David Vanacek in a similar amount of time. Richard, you look like you were like going to spring at me there. 2018. 2018? Yeah. yeah. Cool. There we go. Sorry, yeah. just uh, back, like, on you go. You, Sorry, you, remember you remember that really well, Richard, right? Yeah. yeah. Best year of my life. <laughs> <laughs> that was said with the confidence of a man who's just off Google. But Ben Woodburn gets brought off. He doesn't even get a passing look from Robin Nielsen as he goes off the bench as well, as Peter Harren came on. Richard, did you expect that bolder move? No, I'm not coming to you next. We've heard enough with you and Woodburn. I want to go to Richard. Did you expect a move that bold from Nielsen to take? Because it's not, he wasn't hurt. It was literally saying, you've been so shit and I need to change something here or it's going to get worse. I was going to praise the gaffer. Surely that's... Shut up, I'll come to you in a minute. It was very... um, Like, very unlike him, I'd say. I think, like, you're used to the sort of the general, like, I'll stick with it. 
Uh, I'll give him a ball kick at half time, wait for 60 minutes, and then <laughs> put Halliday on or something <laughs> stupid. But like, yeah, no, I, I think it was like, but it was one of them. Like, you could see the way, like, I think everyone could see where it was going. And like, you could probably, like, I, I don't know, you were there, weren't you? No, I were watched it live though. All right, okay. I mean, I would just imagine it was a pretty uh, brutal atmosphere as well. So I think there's probably a yes. number of things that you could kind of yeah. think, right, this isn't going well. Like the fans are kind of on our back, which might as well be the home fans because they've only got about seven fans. Yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I think you sort of had to. He'll be watching this, mate. Just all seven. Yeah, all seven. Yeah, yeah. I'm, Sharing I'm the same wi I'm a view pod are currently preparing their tweet as we speak. <laughs> I think, right, wait, hold on. I was about to segue, actually, but I was going to say, you, Adam, are about to praise Robbie Nielsen. Yeah. This is a first. Big balls. Fair play, gaffer. Is that it? What, 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 what do you want me to say? He was rank. He's been ranking countless away games. Robbie's given him numerous chances to perform. I'm a big fan. Quite right. If, if he's not doing the business, see you later. So well done. Well done, gaffer. I, I never thought that I would usher these words for... Well, when was the last time I gave the gaffer some credit? Jesus. It's been long overdue because I think it this season and we're no, third. I think, no, I, I think I have. Anyway, anyway, well done. Well done, Robbie. Thanks. Richard, actually, this is a good time. Sunday afternoon enjoyable. Richard, I was going to ask you this towards the end, actually, but I'm going to ask you now because it's kind of come up naturally. Are we not I... towards the end? Oh, well, yeah. yeah but... <laughs> <laughs> what is your take? on Robin Nielsen as Hearts manager. I think I know what it is. I think you're more in line with me. But Adam, the fact that I'm so shocked at him uttering a single line of praise for Robin Nielsen will kind of suggest his thoughts towards the gaffer. But what is your thoughts on Robin Nielsen as Hearts manager? I've got a kind of... I I have a similar feeling towards Robin Nielsen that you have towards that snake, Stephen Presley, I would imagine. Um and that, like, Jesus you know, I, I, I think, like, I can kind of see, I, I, I can see why people are annoyed at him, but I just don't understand it, really. I think, like, I, I sort of see, like, yeah, or you can blame Hibs winning a cup five years ago and I'm still in it, but I'm like, it's, it's just not a decent argument. It was like... Can I just say, I don't do that, despite my discontent has been second spell around. So far, if, if we finish third, then that probably gets wiped away. Yeah, I think as well, like seeing like you know the folk that were annoyed about the um, that big toss of Ryan Stevenson. Like, remember when he like he came back the second time and folk were still annoyed about the whole wages thing and stuff like that. But then he put in a performance in League Cup final and you know nearly won us it. And you know it's it's people that are unwilling to kind of see see that people are kind of improving or that that folk are trying hard. And I think it's like he often comes across as pretty belligerent and clueless I guess in interviews at times and a little bit stubborn but I think like if you look at his record I think what like I don't know you've probably got that like what third best in I think it's something like in oh it's something like he's in the top five I think he's fifth in the premiership win percentage for us as managers I, right. I think I think just since... as well you said premiership because if you were going to go total, then the argument arises. Well, he's had two seasons in the championship and whatever. Granted, we've won it both times mm. and bounced back. You know, and one of them was a record points total. No, of course, but you know, it's it's nitpicking. But you're right. Uh, look, I I just there's still a part of me last season that just 
infuriates me. If if we go on and do well in the cups and continue to perform admirably in the league, that will gradually fade away. Don't worry. It's just torture. I mean, look looking back at like as a Hearts fan, it's just torture. Like I mean, like I sort of said earlier, but looking back at the cup final from from last year, it's just there's absolutely no good in it happening, and it's just like even then, like like see when Scotland played England again this year, it's like looking back, it's like, oh, if, you know, if only Armstrong had passed the right way and stuff like that. Like, and, it, you know, stuff like that is like, there's no logical reason to do it, but it's still... You just happens, can't help but just, thinking that way. And yeah, I think yeah. that's the thing where, like, we're being, I guess it, it comes to being a Hearts fan, but it's hard, but I think you need to kind of shut that off and just give, give them credit. And I think it's, being honest, like when they did leave, things went pretty badly last time. And I think, you know, it's, it's maybe the case that we're like, McInnes at Aberdeen never quite got the fans on side, I feel, or at least they got a bit bored with them. But I think it's grass isn't always greener, and we've seen that it isn't. So I kind of quite happy that he's here for the for the long run, anyway. Absolutely, and immediately starting the second half after Nielsen, by his own volition, said things that he couldn't say to Hearts TV to the side at halftime. We almost immediately break the deadlock with our first shot on target. Um, a fantastic, fantastic move. John Sutter picks a ball up from Taylor Moore on the halfway line and plays a ball inside through the middle of the park to Barry Mackay, uh, probably one of the few bright sparks of that first half, who instead of taking a touch like most players would to steady himself, just first time, plays it through the defence to the on-running. Liam Boyce, who had been really frustrated in the first half, he'd cut a very frustrated figure as he was getting absolutely no service to him. As he but, so often does. Yeah, absolutely. But to prove how clinical and top a striker he is, he has that one chance and doesn't think about it, hits it. Strychek tries to get some form of contact on it, but can't. Wheels away, 11th goal of the season. Adam, the man that you asked Robbie Nielsen if he would be persisting with, has uh, again got us a goal. What did you make of the goal? Don't get twisted. I love Liam Boyce and was, of course, delighted to see him bag from open play. That was a big concern of mine, I've got to be honest, because I think his last open play goal for Hearts was in Paisley against St Mirren, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Um, so, And then I hear that it's his first goal in six games and whatever. So I think judging by the celebration as well, there's been a lot of frustration mm-hmm. with Liam Boyce with injury um, and just a, something of a drought, which, again... Harping back to that interview with Robbie, that's when I asked him that question, given there was a drought back then as well. Um, I, I, I don't think Barry Mackay receives enough credit for the goal, to be honest, because the ball from John Sutter is fizzed in at a lot of pace. There's plenty that would take, you know, a horrendous first touch, but Barry Mackay just cushions it. I actually thought at first glance, that it was a no-look pass, which then I would have just, that would have just been, you know, the icing on top of the cake. But it's a lovely weighted ball for Liam Boyce to slot home. And those two are just by far and away our best offensive players. So delighted to see them link up. No surprise to see them link up for what proved a great match-winning goal in the end. Richard, how have you felt Barry Mackay has been in his time here? Because obviously some people criticise him for the fact that it actually took him until yesterday to properly get on the kind of goal contribution sheet as his assist was fantastic. But the kind of criticism has been that he hasn't been contributing with physical goals. However, those people will also often say that he's been one of our few bright sparks out wide. How have you felt he's done since coming in? I think he's, he's one of the most 
consistent at keeping his place anyway. I think if you look at, you know, how it's been sort of Janelli, Mackay Steven, yep. uh, Woodburn and stuff like that, they've all kind of, you know, be in and out of the side. Yeah. Whereas I, I think Mackay's a kind of like, if not one of the first names on the team sheet, obviously not with, with Gordon and Suter and stuff, but, you know, he's, he's definitely an important piece. And I think it's like, he, he, gives, he gives us something, but I think it's, it's not always his own fault if it doesn't work out. So I think like, you know, a lot of like, you'll put decent crosses in and, you know, it could come to nothing, but it doesn't, it's not a lack of intent. And I think it's, uh, yeah, I like him. I think he's, he's good. I think it was, it was good when we got him and I, I don't think he's disappointed unlike uh, a certain guy that's come from Liverpool. So, yeah. Very, very fair. Uh, we actually, very quickly after that, almost make it 2-0. Liam Boyce plays a fantastic ball through to Aaron McInef who in the second half, because of the changes, it meant that Robbie only had one sub. So we changed back to the 4-2-3-1 when Haran came on. And it meant that now McInef was almost playing right wing and Alex Cochran was playing almost left wing. But obviously, positions that they're not terribly suited to. However, McInef in that second half actually seemed to be far better in that position. On this occasion, he gets it a bit wrong. He hits over the bar. He said actually today in the press that he felt he should have scored. Uh, obviously, he had these kind of chances, you said, Richard, at Celtic Park, but obviously a very hard place to go and kind of go, right, here's your chance. It's away at one of the toughest grounds in Scotland. He didn't have a great first half, but no one else did, really. Um, how have you felt McInef has done this season when he's been called upon? And would you like to see more of him in the side, even when we've got everybody fit? Yeah, I think I think it's it, it's been hard for him. Like him, I guess, if you kind of you look at, sort of fringe players like him and him and Walker. Um, I, I think it's been hard for them to kind of keep the morale and I think it could quite easily turn into a situation where they're just like, you know, toys at the pram. Um, but I mean, from, I don't know the situation with Walker, like obviously he's probably looking at, looking at a way out, I would imagine in January, given the way it's, it's been going. But like, I feel like I think when he, was it the Dundee United game that he scored? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that like instant kind of showed Nielsen that it was a bit of like, that you know he had he had a hunger there and and I think he's he's definitely he's one of those players that I think the fans want to see more of as well but it's just trying to figure out at the start where to put him in like obviously you had the two centre mid- midfielders doing a grand job when it was hard to sort of displace them but I feel with Beningame having been out this was like the ideal time to kind of bring him back in and it's it's good that it's, it's happened and I think it's uh, you know I think he deserves it I think he's like. I mean, I don't even like. I mean, he's he's not the best player at the club, I wouldn't say, but he's definitely like, you know, he's he's got hunger and desire, and I think he's he fits in well. So, whatever he brings, I think he's he's doing a good job. Adam, obviously, as Richard just said, Benny and Cami were doing so well in the middle of the park that people like Haring, Walker, and McInerney, who are they're more central than anybody else. It is hard to break into that when not only are Benny and Cammy playing so well, but they've also immediately become fan favourites as well, which means that even if they're dropping off a bit like Benny, you have that goodwill with the fans because you've built that up. How do you think over the last couple of games McInerney has done, and do you think wins Benny's fit that he'll be able to still feature in the side? I think he's realised the opportunity that's presented itself to him. Um, I don't think he's performed badly or anything like that I actually think all he's missed has been an extra goal or two really particularly down um, at Livingston um, I think when Benny's fully fit he and Devlin start 
it really is that simple. Um, but in Beningame's absence, yeah, Aaron McInef's got a, a great chance to try and break into this team. I'd, I'd like to see him start on Sunday, to be honest. I know that we're going to come to the Rangers game and you'll probably ask for selections and whatever, but it's it's a tough one. But I think I, I think I know what I would opt for against the reigning champions at Tyne Castle this weekend. And he's mm. part of my plans, put it that way. Well, we will get to that as we just have a couple more things to speak about this game. Liam Boyce pulled up heart and it kind of panicked everybody as it was a different injury by the looks of it. Uh, the previous injury that's kind of had him out for the last few weeks has been a calf injury. However, he was holding his hamstring this time. And Neil Simon asked... Did the referee stop the game? Or was it... Uh... <laughs> no, actually, surprisingly, he didn't, which I thought was a new rule. And there was, there was no drop ball either. I yeah. No, he just, he just kind of carried on as if it's the normal thing that you do. He's not, he's not had the memo, clearly. But Nielsen said that Boyce was taken off as a precaution. He felt his hamstring get a bit tight, and it's the 80th minute. We're 1-0 up and pretty dominant by that point. He said himself, he was thinking, I think we've got enough to get through this. So therefore, he took him off. Nandwili came on, and what immediately followed was a Livingston chance that, listen, we've spoken about our offside situation. It's only fair that we do the same for Livingston. A through ball over the top was played through to Bruce Anderson. Suter does very, very well and hurts his leg, actually. He gets burned by the pitch uh, to block it. However, the linesman flags it as offside and David Martindale just loses his shit on the touchline. He has since, in the days followed, said that Teams like Livingston don't get decisions. The same scrutiny doesn't get put on it. When we have an issue with linesmen, it's all over the papers for the weeks after. However, when it's a team like Livingston, it doesn't have the same effect. Richard, what did you make of it? I think it's pretty apparent Bruce Anderson was on side. But what do you make of Martindale's comments? Do you agree that Livingston do not get the same help that apparently we get? I think I don't think I saw a decent enough angle from it, mm-hmm. like with a you didn't see the sort of the. Did the we see the side on? I don't, I don't, no, we didn't see the side on. No. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, it's also it's hard to feel sympathy when you've when you've been on the receiving end. So it's a bit like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like, I mean, I, I think it's more so about his yeah the position he's in. I think he's under pressure, so I think he's he's obviously like wound up about that sort of thing, and he's uh, like uh, obviously got a bit of history with fine lines and stuff like that as well. So. <laughs> Waiting on that. I was waiting on that. I could only have myself to blame for that. Adam, I've got a next question. <laughs> Armand Andrew came on as I said. Honking. Absolutely right. honking. Let's just get let's just cut to the chase. You this is this comes back to you. I told you, do not get gassed with Armand Nandwili. He was banging them in in the championship. Fair play, lack of action. Okay, cool. Statistics showed he was brilliant for us in the championship. I can accept that. I've given this guy chance after chance. Not for me. Well, not for me. The chance that he had, he was. Playing... How does he not score? Do... Well, we'll discuss it. And everybody's seen it. You don't need to talk about it. He runs the keeper and he hits the side netting. So initially, see when it because I, I was watching live. I thought the way he went to the side. I was like, oh, so strike checks pushed that. He's taking it too close and Strychek's pushed oh, it away. Oh, you think he's got like a touch on it. So, it so I was away like, from I was like oh, that's why it went that far. 
just the size. It's, it's the clunkiness, mate. It's just a terrible, terrible. Here's a hot touch. take. You were talking about around the grounds. Tony Watt, league top scorer. If you're going to say I want Tony Watt, don't I don't, I don't, don't caveat with hot take that you want the league's top goal scorer. No, well, because everybody look. I'll be the first to say that Hearts fans are sometimes too. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Attached. What's it? Emotional. No. Invested. No. Summon. Uh, anyway, we're we're so quick to want former players to return, but here it's justified. I believe Tony Watts out of contract to the end of the season. We need sufficient backup for Liam Boyce. Let's make it happen. Why not? The second chance. I'd, right, I'd anyway, like to see it. Anyway. They're pally. They play PlayStation all the time together. Great. Richard, I'm not going to ask you about Tony Watt because that wasn't the plan. <laughs> I didn't expect us to go in that direction. Do it, Hearts. Do it. Shut up. Nandvali is who I want to ask you about, Richard, because obviously the mess was terrible, but again, we speak about him a lot. What, it's one what of the worst your... I've ever seen. Shut up! What has your thoughts been on Nandvali as both a signing and his recent performances? He's that bad that folk want you and Henderson back at the club. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a, I think that's a perfect you way. You can't to, argue with yeah, that. Yeah, that's, like, that's an interesting. Yeah, I mean, like we're seeing this, like, <laughs> like where is he at? Aloe or something? Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, there's like oh, he's getting the goals. In and stuff. One. Yeah, <laughs> but then I'm like, it's, but, but then we're looking at who we've got on the bench, and we're like. To be honest, I mean, I was sort of... I probably would rather have you and Henderson, to be honest. Like, <laughs> like, I slag them off for it. But, I mean, it's... what Like, I can't think of a way... Even on, like... Even when I bring him on in FIFA, I feel a bit sick. Like, it's just... You know, just fine with the guy, but, like, I just... Like, <laughs> whatever. But I don't think... I think he's worse than Woodburn. There's a, this is where... Like leagues down south mislead you. How can Blackpool fans absolutely adore the guy? He's supposedly been on Sunderland's radar, and he's just... let's bring Cole Stockton back. Let's do that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? He's been class. He scored fifteen goals this season. Oh, maybe these lower leagues aren't as good as people think. But that's what a novelty for another time. What exactly. a novelty that is. Anyway, as he's been, he's been as bad as Kevin Nisbet this season. That's a big statement. That's a, that's a very big. At statement. least Kevin Nisbet scored a worldie in that game alongside a certain Tony Watt. Right. Say. We're not going to praise Hibs players here. This is not <laughs> the show for it. Anyway, we did get the three points. It was all wrapped up. We're now five points clear. In Thank third. Christ. Well done. We've actually capitalised for once. Come on, Hearts. Get in there. And finally, Rangers are coming to Tyne Castle. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, his first time facing us as a manager. Obviously, they're doing well. However, they are, as we speak, two days away from travelling through to France and playing Lyon. So maybe that will affect team selection. Tiredness, not sure. Richard, how are you feeling about this? How do you think it's going to go? Well, they've got less fans going to Lyon than they've got going to Tynecastle, which is well, hey, quite nice. Yes, so um, I feel like, I mean, what annoys me about Van Bronckhorst, I don't like that he shakes hands with his, like eight back, backroom staff when they've scored a goal. <laughs> You know, it's like, I don't it's know, that annoys me. Team game. That's all I've known. I mean, I've not really watched a lot of their highlights. I've just saw that and that annoyed me. But um, 
it's hard to know. I, I feel like they're papering over the cracks, really. Like, I don't know if that's like maybe that was from the the Jar idea. I don't think enough's changed since then. But I don't think anyone's really laid a glove on them, to be honest. So, and I think it's I always have high hopes when we get the old firm after they played in Europe. And from experience, they've absolutely demolished us. So it's uh, you know, so it's not great. But I think like it's there's nothing to, to fear from them. I think like it's you know, obviously at Tynecastle, our form's different, but it's um, you know, it's, it's not the parkhead that we had last week. So it's it, it's winnable. But we'll see. It will be interesting. Adam, you obviously said you had ideas about a team. What? Would you would you make wholesale change to the team that played against Livingston, or maybe should I say the team that finished against Livingston? Um, well, I'd have big Pete in from the start, yeah, definitely. Um, I'd go Gordon go back three Suter Halkett Kingsley goes without saying. Is Michael Smith going to be back? He thinks he believes he will be. Yes. If he's back, so that means no, probably. So that means no. Taylor Moore <laughs> yeah. will need to right. play. Taylor Moore, right wing back then. Um, Cochran, start left wing back for me. Not Halliday. No. <laughs> That's a shock. You Devlin. love it. He's your best fight. Devlin and Haring in the middle. And then the front three, I'm going Aaron McInef, Barry McKay and Liam Boyce with the view of Aaron McInef potentially on the right supporting... Boyce up front with Mackay on the left, or McInef sort of at the top of the triangle, if you like, in midfield, and Barry Mackay just off Liam Boyce. I think a little bit of flexibility in the final third. We can opt to kind of chop and change because Barry Mackay is the only wide player that's doing it for me at the minute. Um, Liam Boyce is back in amongst the goals, and I don't think McInef's done poorly in the games that he's featured in. So that would be the reasoning behind my selection. Um, be interesting to see what the, the gaffer goes for on Sunday. Richard, how do you feel about that? Do you agree? Would you make any changes to Adam's team? Uh, the, I guess the question about like McInef, I'm like, I, I wonder, does he go for a Ginelli or Mackay Stephen? I don't know. Does he try and kind of even it out? But I mean, good luck choosing from that lot. Um, Some laugh. I'm going to trouble you all for score predictions. Richard, I'll come to you first. Uh, one all maybe. Oh, a, a nice point on a Sunday morning. Well, I mean, I, I, probably a frustrating point, but I, w- I would yeah. imagine we'll, we'll go one nil up, and then they'll get a penalty or a, they'll pull a hamstring and it'll go in the net or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Adam, who are you? Well, what are you going with? I thought you were going to say who am I fearing? Joe Rebo is the one that I'm fearing. Yes, I think we're going to get something. And Richard's gone one each, so I'm going to differ. I'm going to say that Hearts will win 2-1. There you go. Interesting. Well, sadly, I'm going to be the pessimist here. And I'm also going to go, I know, I'm also going to go 2-1, but to Rangers. Because I can just see, to be honest, Richard, I agree. I think something stupid will happen with a hamstring or just Giovanni Van Broncos will run onto the pitch and they'll be given a penalty or something. It's going to be, I don't think it's going to be a great day. But I can't wait to go. It's going to be some laugh. The oh, final thing can't I wait. wanted to ask you, Richard, actually, is because obviously, as you've mentioned throughout this, you're not in Edinburgh. You're not even in Scotland. How have you found watching the games from London? I think I wrote I wrote a piece about this for uh, yeah. Maroon Tinted Specs, and it was like, 
I actually enjoyed it, but I think like obviously last year and stuff, it was like there was very little because I just moved down to London kind of before everything happened. So like, there was very little kind of home comforts, I guess. So I think it was just nice that I could watch Hearts every week, and it was almost like a you know planning for the weekend, like trying to think of something different that outside the work. So I've got this kind of like obviously workspace, but then I like clearing it for the weekends and having a plan. So getting the beers and watching Hearts and like I, I really enjoyed it, but I, I got people didn't feel the same. And I think because I've I've been season ticket at Hearts for you know a while, like I've I've had a few before I moved down and stuff. But like I was almost just accepting it. I was just like I liked that football was happening. Um, and yeah, it was good. I think it was just like the I didn't really like like paying for the away streams because of that whole like being like. Like not wanting to give them any money and for yeah, a, someone filming it on an iPhone by various different clubs that you're never going to use again. Yeah, and like accidentally like, nearly buying like a like a season ticket for Air United <laughs> and stuff like that, and you know that, that that was a bit frustrating. But at the same point, again, it was just being able to watch them and um, yeah, definitely. Well, that article will be in the description because it's a really really good read. And it is interesting because obviously we were up here. And Adam was able to go to some of the games. Adam was at the Alawa Cup loss, which, to be honest, actually, you probably wish you were in Richard's situation. <laughs> Undoubtedly. Anyway, massive, massive thank you for listening, but a massive thank you, Richard, for coming on. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been good. Thank you. That's a, a great, great review. It's fine. We'll it be fun. back. Yeah. <laughs> Really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. We're very sorry that we're making you force and miss I'm a celebrity. We hope you can forgive us that we're 50 minutes past this. However, yes, we have been Perth to Paisley. Thank you all for listening. You can get us on all the socials at Perth to Paisley. It's all along the bottom of the screen. Actually, no, wait, I've got a bonus. Sorry, I've got, I've oh. got something to add. Um, oh. <laughs> I, had a, I had a gig last night and the, uh, I got picked on by the, the MC guy. <laughs> I saw like, it. He was asking me like lots of questions, and I'm like, it's a bit weird because I'm on stage in like five minutes, and uh, he's like, well, what's what's the best thing that you've bought on eBay? Which is a bit of a an odd question because I've I've only ever bought like uh like Shark Tale on DVD and a David Ginola figure, and <laughs> and I said like yeah, but I bought a David Ginola figure because I didn't want to get into the fact that I bought a David Ginola figure because once Santa accidentally gave my sister a David Ginola figure for Christmas. <laughs> And then my mum and dad had to explain it, like, oh, it was like a knack Delph had mucked it up by mistake. And uh, so I bought this to, to replicate it for, for the Christmas book that I'd written, which didn't sell very well. And uh, I was like, yeah, so I bought a David Janola figure. And the guy was like, absolutely stumped, just like, who's who's David Janola? Like, what? And uh, I'm like, I bet, what? And uh, he asked the crowd, he's like, you don't even know who he is. And he went, actually, um, oh, yeah, I remember him. Like, are you a Spurs fan? And I was like, well, that's com- like completely the wrong club that you should be focusing on when you say that name. And I was like, no, like, uh, you know, like, surprised you don't know who he is. And then he, the crowd didn't seem to know. And I'm like, he's he's only going to win I'm a celebrity this year. So, I mean, it was very odd. But they, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they picked on him. And I thought you'd appreciate that just with the whole, like, naming Spurs over Newcastle chat. Yeah, that's so, insane. What? It's Janola. Yep. Oh, well, what a gr- happy ending for me to end the show. I'm gl- I'll am i be honest, right? I was expecting this podcast to be filled with digs at me, 
just sly wee ways of making me annoyed. But you actually did it with Adam throughout most of it. And then you yeah, wait sorry, until Adam, the very mate, that was accidental. Just uh, you, right. you're like the you're the closest to my line of vision. So oh, it's, um... I'll remember that, mate. I, I founded this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your only appearance on it. <laughs> also, uh, well done for picking the uh, the Dundee keeper that shipped three goals for the. Uh, I don't the pick. Reason. I don't pick the teams. <laughs> how many times? Yes, he does. I've no played better than Craig Gordon, apparently. So that's yeah, good. apparently so. Apparently so. But yeah, Wait, I'll get on to my employer. I accept that. It's Adam. He does it. It's he just not doesn't me. Waste it. Anyway. We have been Petter Paisley. You can also email us, petterpaisley at gmail.com if you want to chuck us over anything. If you have enjoyed this and you listen to it, please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Massively helps. Please use the algorithm. Pushes us up. If you're watching this on YouTube, please leave a like, subscribe and comment. It also helps algorithm and stuff like that. Richard, where can people get you on social media? The uh, the Richard Cobb or you can... Uh, I- find me probably on one of them sports bible pages the next time they nick one of my tweets yes exactly that is probably the best way adam where can they get you to give you abuse about your whole scored team selection i was gonna say you can uh, see my my selections at adam t kendall on all the socials and what about yourself mate i'm at d mccarver 22 we'll be back next week to preview the uh, to review sorry the rangers game and preview Who's it? Dundee. Dundee away. Oh, some laugh it's going to be. But yes, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Keep the faith, Mother Jai Tease!